imagine when you walk into the Holy of Holies, when you picture yourself, you should picture yourself actually walking in with confidence. Yet often we will picture ourselves like, I'm really scared to come in here. <laughs> God, this is God's presence. But the Bible says confidence. We have confidence to enter the most holy place. Again, not because we're so wonderful, but because Jesus is that good and his work on the cross is that amazing. And he says this twice. Hebrews 4, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. I mean, just like a little child can come up to their parents with confidence and they, and they run into their parents' arm with confidence because you know, they know they're running towards love, they're running towards safety, they're running towards goodness. And this is the picture we have in our mind. So when it comes to the idea of developing a close walk with God, if you can't in your heart come into God's presence with confidence, you will always have this bit of distance. You always have walls. You will have these barriers. And you always just keep yourself back a little bit from, from God. Now, why can we walk in with confidence? Well, it's because of Jesus. But we can also see some things that, 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 that help us understand what it's like to come in with confidence. First of all, uh, the Bible says that God is love. So when you picture yourself coming into God's presence, you've got to realize you're coming into the presence of, of love. Not of, of you know, 80% love and, you know, 20% hatred or, you know, 80% love or 50-50 anger or whatever it might be. This is, God is love. Uh, he can't be unloving because his nature is love. He is the very thing of love. But then it says this. Again, picture yourself coming into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God. And John says this, right after he says God is love, and he's, he's kind of working this out in John chapter 4, and he comes down to this. There is no fear in love. But perfect love, that's what God is, drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. The more you get this, the more you will experience God in a deeper way. A, a lot of people will really not surrender themselves to God. Uh, they might look really religious on the outside and be really good at following all the rules because they want to look good in front of other people and they want to, you know, think that they're, you know, if I follow the rules, God's going to be happy with me. Uh, but they will never really surrender their hearts. They will never really be vulnerable. They never really will experience a dip, a deep, rich love relationship with God. A lot of people experience kind of a, you know, a distant relationship with God, but in this series we're talking about a rich, deep, you know, emotional connection, a love relationship with God. And it comes with understanding that God is love and there is no fear in love. Because fear has to do with punishment. You know, a lot of people have this idea, again, that, you know, if I, if I mess up, God's going to punish me. And if I don't follow all the rules, then he's going to slam me with something and, you know, give me a you know, head and whatever those wrestlers do, you know? <laughs> and so you're afraid. You're afraid to talk to them about things. You're afraid to really open up your heart because, you know, I'm afraid. Do you know God's biggest issue in terms of our relationship with him? God's biggest issue in terms of our relationship with him is not sin. Because Jesus dealt with that. The biggest issue in terms of us experiencing a deep relationship with God is actually fear. You remember back in the garden... After Adam and Eve sinned, it says, The Lord God called to the man, Where are you? 
And again, if you understand the character of God, this is not, where are you? I'm going to give you a spanking. This is, God always has his heart towards his people. It's, it's where are you? Come into my arms. I am the source of life. Where are you? And Adam answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. See, God's biggest issue is not sin because Jesus dealt with that. It's fear. Often we are just like Adam. God is reaching out his hands to us saying, I am the source of life. I am your father. I love you. Let me build into you. Let me wipe away your shame and your guilt and let me strengthen you for this life and let me love you. But we're afraid. And so we hide from God. We hide our, our hearts from God. We, 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 we hide our thoughts from God. And we, we just kind of are distant because, you know, I'm afraid of him because fear has to do with punishment. But again, it says, if you really understand that God is love, then there is no fear in love. Now, there's a, the fear in terms of respect. I mean, the Bible does say we, we fear God, but that's a, that's a different sense. It could be a whole different message. But, but we, we must not be like Adam, that we need to make sure that we understand the character of God, that he is loving, that he is good. He is the source of life. He is the help. He is the doctor. I mean, if you're sick, you don't run from the doctor. You go towards the doctor, and God is our, our doctor. We, we, we must not run from him. Another reason sometimes we don't walk confidently in the presence of God and we stay a bit distanced because sometimes we think, you know, if I really surrender, uh, I'm going to lose joy in my life. If I really surrender to God and I really just make my life about him, if I really surrender and just begin to live for him, I'm going to lose joy. Because sometimes people have this view that God's just going to throw a bunch of rules on you and there are going to be a whole bunch of rules that you, that you don't want to follow and your life is going to be miserable. You're going to walk around like you're sucking on sour lemons all the time. You know, I'm a Christian. You know? <laughs> Psalm 16 says, You make known to me the path of life. It's the path into the Holy of Holies. In your presence there is fullness of joy. God is the most joyous being in the universe. Uh, Jesus said, I'm going to give you my joy so that your joy might be complete. Yeah. And so again, you've got to have the right, Im the mental images you play in your mind when it comes to God are so important. That when you picture yourself coming into the Holy of Holies, you are coming into a place that's the fullness of joy. It's amazing how many people I talk to that think about coming to the presence of God and somehow it's like lacking joy. Don't you dare laugh in church. You know, God's serious, you know. Uh, in his presence is the fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You're, you're, again, God is the source of life. Uh, there's fullness of joy in his presence. Another reason that we have a hard time coming into the presence of God is because, and we know this idea of, of, of forgiveness, but he really, really does forgive you. And sometimes we're afraid to come in confidently because, well, you wouldn't believe what I did last night or last week or, you know, I, I, have, I have shame, I have guilt over this. And so you come timidly into the presence of God. Do you know 1 Corinthians thir chapter 13 talks about the definition of love, often read at weddings and things like that? But it's actually the Greek word agape. It's, it's, it's as, as known as God's love. And part of the definition of God's love is it keeps no records of wrong. 
He keeps no records of wrong. I mean, you really are forgiven. And, and so this mental image you play of coming into the presence of God, of God, if, if, if there's guilt or shame, all you got to do is Jesus took care of that. <laughs> 2,000 years ago on the cross, he said, it is finished. And because God is love and God is calling us, true love who God is keeps no record of wrong. And it's often those wrongs and, and those things, those mistakes, those, that guilty stuff from the past that actually keeps us from drawing very close to God because we just think that our sin somehow has created distance when, man, if you're in Jesus, uh, it, it's washed away. And this is not the only place that it says this. Uh, Hebrews 8 says, I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. Or Colossians 2. God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Do you realize that when you walk into the presence of God, you really are forgiven? So much to the, to, to the sense that God says, I, I don't keep records of your wrong. Uh, I forgot your sin. As far as the east is from the west, west, west it's gone. Again, he doesn't just say this once. He doesn't say it twice. He doesn't just say it three times. I mean, he, over and over again, there's this idea in Hebrews 10. The Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. For he says, this is the new covenant. In other words, the old temple system of barriers and divisions and blockages from the presence of God. It's, it's gone. The curtain has been opened. You are welcome to come in to the presence of joy and love. That's the new covenant. I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I'll write them on their minds. Then he says, and this is the fourth time he says this, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. And again, it, it, it's, your sin is forgiven. There's no need to offer any more sacrifices. And this is so hard for us to get. Because when it comes to us coming into the presence of God, sometimes we think, you know, I've really lived a really bad week, so I better read, you know, maybe, maybe five chapters before I can really come into the presence of God. I could after offer some sacrifice. Maybe for me to really come into the presence of God, you know, it takes me like four songs to really warm up to the presence of God. I've got to offer these sacrifices to get rid of the junk in my week. That's a barrier that's in, in, in your own heart, not in God's heart. That, that's, it. that's your own stuff. that you got to, again, just, Jesus took care of that. When I'm in the presence of God, there's no record of wrong. Like, I mean, that's hard for us to take because, because God is that good. And it goes on. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place. Now, what did you say that before that? God is saying, I will never remember your sins. They're, they're gone. And then he says, well, so you can boldly come in. The reason we, we, we so timidly and afraidly come into the presence of God is because, again, we, we think about our own sin. But God said, just, just come in. It's just forgiven. My son took care of that. Jesus, he really took care of that. Just come on in. Dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God. He just did it again. Let us go right in. 
No need to have four songs to worship up, your, uh, to get you ready. You don't have to read six chapters to offer some sacrifice before you can go into the presence of God. We are always to be in the presence of God. All the time we are living in the Holy of Holies. And he says, for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. Uh, we are clean. Uh, we are forgiven. We are entering to the source of joy where there's no records of wrong. And so we run to the source, the source of life. Romans 5 says this. We have made, been made right in God's uh, sight by faith. Because you're forgiven. So when you walk in, God is like, you're absolutely right with me. We've been made right. We have peace with God. When you walk into the Holy of Holies, God is looking at you with eyes of peace. It's a part of this mental image when you walk into the Holy of Holies. You're walking into love, a place where there's no record of wrong. You are walking into this place where God, the Father's eyes, are looking at you, and they're just filled with peace. So what it says. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Again, it's not about how awesome we are. <laughs> Is that how good Jesus is? That's the gospel. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place, and he says this, of undeserved privilege. This is why we have a hard time really entering into the presence of God this way, because we just think that somehow I've got to earn it, or I've got to work stuff off, or I've got to do a bunch of things to, to get into this place. But it is, by definition, a place of undeserved privilege. We don't deserve it. But God says, I've done it for you. Come on in. I, I love you. Just come right into my presence. Ephesians 2 talks about how God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realm. So, so we are seated with Christ, and where is Christ? He's at the right hand of the Father. And so actually, when we enter into the most holy place, that we're already seated with him. We're seated at the table with, with the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And so... This is the idea that the atmosphere is set. When it comes to you experiencing a deep relationship with God, the atmosphere is already set. God has set up the table. He has put chairs and candles for you just to pull up into this intimate relationship. There is no barrier on the Father's end. Any barrier for us coming into this atmosphere is usually lies we believe about God or lies Satan is putting in us because Satan wants to keep us from God. But because of Jesus... You can boldly go into the throne room of grace. And the Father is just saying, see, just come sit down. Just come sit down. I want to build life into you. I want to build love into you. I want to, I want to strengthen you in those places that are weak. Just, just come sit down. You are welcome here. The atmosphere is set. Jesus set it up. And so if there are barriers in your heart. Um, just correct those with the gospel. Correct those with Jesus did it all. The atmosphere is set. Now we can even go deeper than this image. And this is the, the story of the prodigal son. Because this story reveals to us a lot about the very heart of God. In this parable, uh, Jesus continued. He said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Now again, when we always read the Bible, it's helpful to understand the, the cultural background, and if you understand the cultural background of what would have gone on in those days, for a son 
to ask his father for an inheritance before the father died was basically saying, Dad, I want you dead. Because the only time it was passed on it was, would be after the, the father passed away, then his, his, his uh, property would be divided. But here the son is saying, uh, I want my inheritance now. This is the son absolutely rejecting the father. I want you dead. I'm out of here. I want to do my own thing. I don't want anything to do with you. But the father actually divides his property. He actually does it. Oh, which is mind-blowing because no patriarch in that day would ever do such a thing. <laughs> I mean, if you understand the culture, every patriarch father figure in those days would say, Ha! How dare you ask me that? You are no longer my son. Leave. That's what they would have done. But this father, because this is a picture of the heavenly father, still loves his son even in rebellion. Even though the son is saying, Father, I want you dead, the father divides up his stuff and still blesses his son. And, and if you are here, uh, even if you're rebelling against God right now, even if, if you're saying, God, I don't want anything to do with you right now, God is still loving you. He, he, still, he still has the table set. He's saying, come, come, I am the source of life. I just want to love on you. The father is the source of love. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I mean, he, he, he wasted everything that God gave him. He wasted it all, and he has nothing. And so, he says, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And just hold on to that thought, because that thought's important. So he gets up and, and, and he, goes, he goes back to his father. So he's going back to the father, which he said, Father, I wish you would just die. I want your stuff. He's going back to the one he rejected. And, and, and there's this powerful line. But while he was still a long way off, way in the distance, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. This is before the father knew why the son was even coming back. Probably knew the son could be coming back to say, you know, I want more stuff. I, I'm poor. Give me more land. I want you even double dead. I mean, for all, the father knew that the son was coming back to, to kill him. I mean, who knows? But the father just sees his son, his rebellious son, and he runs to his son, and he wraps his arms around him. And Jesus, in this parable, is saying this is a picture of the father. This is a picture of God. Uh, the, the, the father is actually running towards you. And so you can go back to that image of, of walking into the Holy of Holies. You open up the curtain, and all of a sudden, God sees you. And he's not just sitting at the table saying, come here. You know, he's running towards you. He runs towards you. Even though maybe you've had a miserable week, he runs towards you and he wraps his arm around you, just hugs you and holds you. 
This is the kind of mental image that you need to be playing in your mind when you think about experiencing God, connecting with God. That He is a Father, that when you walk into the Holy of Holies, He's running towards you, and He gives you a hug, and He holds on to you. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. You notice the father was loving on him, holding him before the son even said a word? Again, there's this idea that somehow I've got to do all these sacrifices. I've got to read all this Bible. I've got to do worship a whole bunch before I can come into the presence of God or before God will love me. And here God is just loving on the son before he said a thing, before he did anything. And now he's being held in his father's arms, and the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe. Now, whose robe would that be? That would be the father's robe. I mean, he clothes his son. The idea of being clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. The son here twice in this passage is saying, just, just make me a servant. You know, I'm unworthy to be called a son. Just make me a servant. That's good enough. I'll just be your servant. Father would have nothing to do with it. The father right away puts a ring on his finger. And, and again, if you understand the cultural background, this would be the family ring, a signet ring. A ring that had the authority of the father. The father said, absolutely not. You're not going to be a servant. You're going to be a son. You're going to be a daughter. He puts on the ring and he says this right here. This son of mine. This is another important aspect of experiencing God in deeper ways. That a lot of times we are like the son. We come back to the father and we just say, Father, just make me a servant. <laughs> just make me a servant. And the father saying, no. I want to put a ring on your finger. I want to make you my son. I want to make you my daughter. I, I want to put my best robe on you. And, and yet we get stuck as just the servant. We just, we just say, I'm a servant. And so, again, we're always kind of distant. I mean, if you understood masters and servants and slaves in this day, I mean, uh, servants are pretty much all focused on, on direction and correction. You know, master, what do you want me to do? Okay, I got it. Oh, I screwed it up. Correct me, master. You know, correct me. Do you know a lot of people's Christian lives are, are exactly just like a servant? Their whole life is all about direction and correction. Father, tell me what to do. You know, beat me up if I do it wrong. Just tell me what to do. And so, again, they're never close. And they wonder, why, why, why don't I ever experience God in these intimate ways? Why don't I, I ever experience the Father just loving me? It's because you're way back there as a servant. The Father says, no, no, I want to put my ring on you. I'm going to take my best robe and I'm going to clothe you. You are going to be my son and you are going to be my daughter. And this is why the Bible says you can confidently go into the throne room of grace. If your Christianity is all about Correction and direction, it's all about a servant. You won't understand this. You will come into the Holy of Holies and go like, uh, am I going to be corrected? You know, did I do the right things today? Correction and direction. And you kind of stand back waiting for your father to give you some direction for the day. And once you got the instruction for the day, you go off. But a son or a daughter comes into the father's presence 
and runs, and the father runs towards, and they just embrace, and they hold each other. This is the kind of relationship that God is wanting. And of course, we serve God out of that, but it comes out of a place of a loving son and daughter who wants to bless his father. I mean, has your Christianity been all about direction and correction? Or is it actually flowing out of a rich, deep love relationship? And again, that, that it's really easy to answer. You just go back to the mental pictures you play in your head. Your mental pictures are so important. Again, the way you picture coming into the Holy of Holies and God's response will tell you exactly how close you will be to God or not. If you picture again a distant father, direction, correction, and that's it, this will always elude you. You'll wonder why your devotional times are always kind of dry and, and you're never experiencing God. You wonder why you come to worship and, and God just kind of seems distant. But it's a whole thing. When you picture yourself going into the Holy of Holies and all of a sudden as soon as your father is running towards you and he just hugs you and says, oh, welcome, my son. Welcome, my daughter. You are welcome here. The atmosphere, I mean, the atmosphere is set for you to have an amazing relationship with God. Everything that God could do, he has done. The table is set. His presence is set. All the barriers are gone. Any of the barriers we have are really just lies we believe. Uh, things that Satan has put in, into, into our mind. I love this verse. And we'll finish here. Because I think this ties off this image very well. In Hosea 11, it says, As God speaking, I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. To them I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek. And you, you know, like a, you pick up a little kid and you just, you just hold them on your cheek because you just love them so much. Are you so beautiful? Maybe when you had a little baby or a son or you, you grab someone you love, your spouse, and you just hold them cheek to cheek. It's such a sign of affection. And this is the father saying, I, I want to hold you cheek to cheek. That's not a servant. Uh, that, that is a son or a daughter. A uh, hold you cheek to cheek. And so th the image you need to be playing is when you go into the Holy of Holies, there is Father running towards you with open arms. <laughs> Just like the prodigal son, even though he had a horrible week and he was actually rebelling against the Father, the Father's running towards him and he grabs his son and he holds him cheek to cheek, to saying, you are so welcome here. I've been just longing to love you and bless you and touch you and, and fill you with the fruit of the Spirit and get you on your feet or whatever it might be. This is the Father's heart towards you. This is the foundation of experiencing God in deeper ways. And so I just encourage you this week to work on those mental images. And the reality is, is <laughs> We're not actually walking into the Holy of Holies. We're actually just, we're always there. Right. And Jesus said, I have come to take you to be where I am. And that's right with the Father. That, that at any moment you are being held by the Father's arm, cheek to cheek, at every moment of the day. And, and, I, and, and I often just kind of just walk and I'll just pause for a moment and just, again, just put myself in this place to remind myself of how loved I am. Um, how close I am to God. And I tell you, that is such an encouragement throughout the day. So work on those mental images. It can take time to get those lies out of your mind. Uh, again, listen to Tamara's message last week because she talked similar stuff. Maybe you need to listen to this again. Uh, but this is really, really important. So 
as we continue the series, this is the foundation. That God sees you as a son and a daughter. And if you live your life primarily as a servant or a slave, it's only about direction and correction. All these other things like hearing God and ways to connecting God, they'll just elude you. So Father, we thank you that you love us more than we can even, even fathom. That you are love itself. And the only thing we understand is it's like a piece of dust compared to how loving you really are. <coughs> Father, I pray you would just begin to erase lies in our hearts that we believe about you. God, any of those barriers because of our race, any of the barriers because of our gender, any of our barriers because I don't have the right job, any barriers because of my sin, they're all taken care of in Jesus. We are forgiven. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You have come so that we might have life and life to the fullest. So we run into the Holy of Holies. And we are surprised by you running at us and holding us and, and holding us in your arms cheek to cheek. And Father, right now in the silence, we just, we just want to experience that love of you holding us. Thank you that you're holding us cheek to cheek. And all that anxiety just, just melting away as you hold us cheek to cheek. All the things that we are afraid of in this coming week they just melt away as you hold us cheek to cheek. All the shame and guilt that still have, has footholds in our heart is just melting away as you hold us cheek to cheek. Thank you that you are filling us with your love. Thank you that your presence is changing us. Father, as we come to this table, uh, maybe we can even just picture ourselves coming to this table as we're, we're coming into the Holy of Holies, and, and God the Father's at this table, and he's saying, you are welcome here. You are welcome to this table to partake in my life. 